responsible world. What's going on? Welcome back to the Rethinking H2O podcast. Really insightful podcast today with the CEO and founder of Bodhi Surfing Yoga School, Travis Bays. Travis is going to give us some insight to what Bodhi Surfing Yoga is doing to find the intersection between surf, yoga, nature, and blue mind to overall have a better experience for their guests and the community around them. Travis has a very interesting insight to how he was a Peace Corps member and really learned to listen to others and ask questions and to learn about the challenges and passions of people and has tied it into a very successful B Corp travel experience business. We're going to learn about what they're doing from a pre-trip, during trip, and after trip purchasing guide experience so people can be true ocean guardians. We hope you enjoy listening and take care. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rethinking H2O podcast. Really excited today to be sitting down with Travis with the Bodhi Surf and Yoga School. Travis, how are you doing today? Doing great, Kevin. Thanks for having me. We are glad to have you. So for those of us that don't know anything about Travis Bays or about Bodhi Surf and Yoga School, can you give us a little context about that? Yeah, well, Travis, me... (laughs) Uh, I came to Costa Rica in 2005 as a Peace Corps volunteer working in community economic development and helped start a few businesses here and then got really involved in microfinance, did my two years of service and left to San Jose to work as a Peace Corps trainer. And while there, I uh, fell in love with my lovely wife, Pilar, who is the yoga instructor of Bodhi Surf and Yoga. We are down in Bahia Ballena Uvita, which is the South Pacific of Costa Rica near the Osa Peninsula. And what we're doing is using surfing, yoga, nature immersion, and community engagement as tools to help change people's behaviors and attitudes. Trying to get people to better their relationship with themselves, with Mother Nature, and with Mother Ocean. That is fantastic. And I love the whole notion of improving the relationship with yourself, uh, but then also improving the relationship with the community and, and you having some Peace Corps experience and really learning about what works and what doesn't work. Uh, I'd love for you to, to give some context on how is it possible to have a somewhat of a nature-based business to where you're actually not a strain on the local community, but you're actually a, a catalyst for the people that are there and the community around you. Well, I think one important thing that we've kind of stopped doing as humans is listening. And I think that is a key skill to build. Um, I think the more that you listen to others, whether that's your community members, nature, yourself, the more answers you'll start to receive. And so one of the big things that Peace Corps taught me to do was to go around town and drink coffee and chat with people and learn what people's passions were, what people's challenges were. And I think that I've tried to do my best to inject that into uh, Bodhi's DNA as a business. And so, you know, again, just really taking in what's going on around by listening and observing and then trying to find solutions that are more holistic and integral because oftentimes what we're trying to do is attack the symptoms of things, and that really doesn't work. So I would say one of the key things really, again, is just being a good good listener. I love it. And, and I appreciate that whole attack the root of the problem as opposed to the symptom. And most, most time it's easy to try and provide a Band-Aid solution, but that doesn't really provide any long-term 
tangible solution to the underlying problems. Yeah, you know, and, and you can get caught up in that cycle because it's real easy to see the symptoms, but yeah. it takes a little bit more thinking and reflection to see what the root is. And then when you dig for the root, you'll find maybe there's another root of another problem connected to that same root. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's all coming from one place. And then when you solve that, then everything just starts to bloom and everything's beautiful and lovely. And then, of course, that will die off and there'll be another problem. Yeah, you know? it's always something. So within the experience of your guests that attend, um, how do you go about educating them before, during, and after their experiences to be the best best versions of themselves and also the, the best environmental steward of themselves? Yeah, so about a, a year ago, um, we really started focusing in um, – kind of looking at what exactly are we doing pre-trip, what are we doing on-site, and what are we doing post-visit. And one of our biggest weaknesses was the pre-trip. We were doing what most businesses do. Somebody makes a reservation deposit, they get a participant info form, they fill that out, and then, yep, you just wait for them to come. But we started discussing how can we start this journey towards becoming an environmental steward and becoming the best version of yourself early on. And we developed um, a few things. One is the messaging on our website. I think that when people are on our website, they start to see and feel the idea that they can be the change they want to see in the world. And two, more specifically, we developed a pre-trip sustainable purchase guide. And we developed that in order to provide more information so our guests can make better decisions with respect to the products that they're buying. Products like sunscreen, bug spray, we were tired of seeing our guests arrive to Bodhi with really crappy products that were hurting themselves and hurting the environment. And we put that on our shoulders and said, hey, well, we're not doing enough, so let's go ahead and create this guide that will allow people to, at the very least, inform themselves We don't want to stimulate any unnecessary consumption um, by providing them the guide. It's just more of an educational resource that they can use if they see and feel fit. On site, it's really our curriculum, our surf curriculum and our yoga. We just let the two activities kind of do the teachings. We're not preaching. Um, Our surf coaching um, and instruction is, is technical, but we also involve a lot of hands-on experiences for people to engage with the ocean a little bit differently, not just with the board. For example, sometimes we'll do a flotation exercise where we'll have people just float in the ocean, face down, let the waves flow over them. Um, Every now and then, too, we'll do a quick beach cleanup and have a conversation about the environment, how we're negatively impacting it. My wife's yoga classes are very, um, very practical but she also involves a lot of yoga philosophy as she studied yoga for about 20 plus years so it's not just about getting up and doing poses and the combo of the two um, really is where the magic is a lot of people will come to the surf lesson or come back to yoga and be like oh my gosh i didn't realize how many similarities there were between the two and then of course the community engaged aspect uh you know, all of our guests get to go take a two-hour walk through the town 
on day one when they arrive and they learn from a local guide about the history, the culture, the do's and don'ts, the environment, and it really just allows them to feel like they belong here as opposed to just being a visitor. Um, and the other thing is that being immersed in Costa Rica, which is such a green country, uh, the nature just starts to speak to them. So on site, we don't have to do much. We just have to show up and share our passions and it all kind of happens. And then post visit, what we're doing, um, is we have our guests while they're here actually make a pledge. They write out that pledge and we take a picture of them. And then when they get home, there's a series of emails they get. And the first one being a thank you for visiting email, and that's a personalized email. And in that email, uh, we ask them to sign a digital pledge. And that's an Ocean Guardian pledge. And that pledge is really trying to allow their journey to continue on after their visit here. It doesn't make sense for us to have people visit for one week, two weeks, um, and fall in love with nature, fall in love with themselves again, and then return home to continue the habits that were destroying themselves, that are destroying nature. So we're just trying to help people by using a platform, which uh, the Ocean Guardian Pledge does, by sending emails about two or three per month with specific actions you can take to continue becoming an ocean steward. I love it. And yeah, it's easy to get back into your daily routine and sort of forget. But I think that you guys are really attempting to have that profound impact, but then in a, a tangible, not overly invasive way, continue to remind people the little things they can do. And I'd like the, the pre-check list of things that people should and shouldn't buy. Uh, but to, from your experience, what, what are tangible things that people can do after they leave Bodhi to continue to better themselves, but also better the world around them in terms of, uh, I guess, meeting that Ocean Guardian pledge? Yeah, well, I think that that's a very personal decision. And so I don't like to, to, to try and tell people what they should do. Um, because I don't necessarily know that I have the right answers and that I hold the ultimate truth, obviously not, right? So some of the things that we ask them to do is to break the plastic bag habit, for example, drop the plastic water bottles, ditch the plastic straws, shop at farmer's markets, um, how to reduce your impact while you're on another vacation, we talk about food choices in those emails, know your seafood, how to reduce meat consumption, doing activities about waste, for example, find out how much you throw away by weighing trash every week, or even if you want to get more extreme by carrying it to work with you or everywhere you go, um, you know. So there are several things that, that those emails are, are saying, you know, and I, you know, we also have an app that we just recently developed and that app is both pre-trip and post-visit and the app has similar and same actions that the digest emails have, the Ocean Guardian emails have. And when people take actions using the app, they can actually earn points and then with those points they can get rewards and the app is still developing and becoming more innovative as we speak 
for example, the other day, we just got news that there's a chat feature now. And so we can chat with our guests that are taking actions or guests can chat amongst themselves, which is really cool because essentially what we want to do, Kevin, is build the Bodhi tribe. And the Bodhi tribe is really a community of engaged people that are making uh, positive change in, in the world. Love it. And yeah, sharing best practices amongst each other is a great way to do that. And, and just to bring it back a little bit to the actual experience at the the actual experience there throughout the week or two when the guests are there, what are – you mentioned the, the intersection between yoga and surf. But within the whole concept of Blue Mind, how would you say that Blue Mind – is ingrained within the experience and, and I guess do you have any examples of how pe- people or guests were maybe surprised or moved by the connection that they made with the ocean or, or, or even the nature as you, as you mentioned with the, the nature immersion there? Yeah. So the, the blue mind is, um, incorporated into our week long packages in many ways. One way is actually at the end of the week in our closing ceremony, we give people the blue mind marble, the blue marble, as a tangible reminder of their commitment to the ocean and to remind them about their experience with their ocean. And as Jay says, you know, it's, it's, it's an act of gratitude. And so we're thanking them also for coming to visit us. And we tell them they can use that marble um, however they want, they can give it away in an act of gratitude, as Jay suggests, or they can keep it for themselves to be reminded of their commitment. Um, another way we're using Blue Mind from Jay's perspective is uh, I typically read from his book a couple chapters during the surf lessons and ask questions to our guests about, you know, why do you think you're connected to, to water? But what, what what's really happening for the most part with guests is we have this tendency to have a fear for the ocean and then that fear transforms into respect and then finally into love. And so, you know, day one, our guests are catching waves in the prone position on their stomach, learning how to catch waves on their own, learning how to turn and stop the board. And so that fear for the ocean starts to fade and around day two or three, the respect comes in because they're starting to learn how to turtle and plank through the waves, which is quite challenging. So they really start to see and feel the power that the ocean has. And then once they start to surf the blue-green waves is when we start to notice this love affair um, that starts to develop with the ocean. And so we're just using surfing as a tool to get people to fall in love with the ocean And it's quite fascinating because we've had videos where we've interviewed past guests and they start crying because they feel like they've had a breakthrough moment where they're not afraid of the ocean anymore and they feel the connection and understand uh, the connection a little bit deeper. And, you know, of course, we have a handful of the Blue Mind books floating around here. And it's nice to see guests pick them up because, as I said earlier in our conversation, I do use the book when I'm doing my surf lessons. I'll read a few paragraphs from a couple of chapters and ask our guests some questions about how they feel with respect to their connection with water, with the ocean, with lakes, and and the reasons why they feel the way they do. 
So Blue Mind is definitely radiating through Bodhi for sure. That's fantastic. And if people wanted to learn more about Bodhi or, or get involved and maybe even take a trip themselves, what would be the best place for them to do that? Yeah, well, if people are, are stoked and want to come down, just head to our website. The website is bodhisurfyoga.com. You can also find us on Facebook, on Instagram. We also have several videos on YouTube. But just look for us via bodhisurfyoga.com. Fantastic, Travis. Well, it was a pleasure learning about everything Bodhi Surf and Yoga. You guys have a great business and operation going down there, and I look forward to coming down there myself someday. Yeah, I hope you make it down here soon. You're probably freezing cold wherever you are. <laughs> Polar vortexes and ice storms in Chicago. Nothing like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, negative 55, huh? Yeah, nothing that I want to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay stay healthy and Stay alive. Stay warm. <laughs>